The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Catherine Martin, who's the public information officer from the Missouri Botanical Gardens, welcome. We're glad to have Happy you here to today. There. And uh, there's a lot going on, and we're in the second half of the hour, uh, we're going to talk about the Japanese festival that's yes. going on there. But there's a lot. You know, when I uh, looked at the Botanical Gardens website, I was like, you know, we were there last year. We did a walkthrough and, you know, went in all the places. They were renovating, I think, one of the houses there. Yes, uh, the museum building that... The- Opened in April now. Yeah, so we're gonna go we're gonna now. talk about that one. Uh, but I remember going to the Climatron as a kid, and I hadn't been to the Climatron since I was a, a, a young boy, and that was very interesting. And there's just a lot going on. So tell us a little bit about the history of this place, because um, you know I know it was founded by Henry Shaw about 150 in 1859, and it's mm-hmm. actually considered one of the three top three botanical gardens in the world it is it, it is and it is truly one of my favorite places to go uh, you know I, there are times that i go there just to have lunch mm-hmm. you know like i've been there i've been to the exhibitions and i just want a really nice peaceful healthy place to go to and the botanical garden provides all of that it's a healthy environment it has healthy lunches the people there are in excellent spirit um, the air there is even different, I guess, due to all the plants. And it's quiet. And it's quiet. It's peaceful. Even with children running around and enjoying themselves, it's still a very lovely, lovely place. We are blessed to have the botanical gardens. Yeah, you can go park in the back, um, not park literally in your car, but you can park yourself way in the back and be very isolated. Yes, you can. You can. Yeah, it's a lovely place. So tell us a little bit about the history, Catherine. So you mentioned it opened in 1859, which is correct. It's actually the um, oldest continually operating botanical garden in the U.S. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, And it was founded by Henry Shaw, as you mentioned. He was uh, an English businessman who came to the U.S., settled in St. Louis, was very successful, retired age 39, so very successful. Must have been really successful. I mean, really successful. (laughs) We need to figure out, we we need to go study, forget the botanical part of it. (laughs) What did he do? And then when he retired, he spent a while traveling around Europe, and he saw some of the botanical gardens there, and he was inspired to create his own, and and he did. Now we talked about, uh, you know, there's there was some uh, was it the house that's under reno- that was under renovation that was, was closed when I was there. Last the time. museum building, which was um, something Henry Shaw opened, it opened with the garden in 1859, and then it closed in the 1980s. So it was closed for several decades. And when our current president, Peter Wise Jackson, when he started back in 2010, he saw it and he decided we had to do something. And so we renovated it and reopened it in April. Because there were these um, wonderful, were they murals or they? They're portraits of people who were important to botany. And so we had no idea they were there. They were covered up by a drywall or something? They were covered by a drop ceiling. Oh, yeah. And so when they were taking out that drop ceiling, one of the workers took out part of it and saw eyes looking back at him and there are portraits under there. So when you go into that particular building, what do you expect to see? 
Yeah, so it's a very high ceiling with this wonderful mural of all different plants that you can find at the garden. And there's even a little guide that can tell you what each of the plants are in that. The plant mural on the ceiling is not original, but it is a, a replica of the original. So they spent a lot of time making sure it was accurate and looked like it, it did back in Shaw's day. So that is uh, a building that he built to kind of display some uh, of his botany and, yes, and discoveries? Yes, and it um, was used for science as well. Science um, was always very important to him, and that's still a very important part of the garden today. We have a very big science and research program. Um, so it's just continuing Shaw's mission. Now, what are the other buildings that are on uh, the grounds there? Because uh, I mentioned the Climatron, I mentioned his house, and I know there's obviously the visitor's center that you walk into. There is, yes. Um, so we have that, and then just all of the different gardens you can explore. It's 79 acres altogether, wow. so it's just tons of space. And there's always, I've worked there almost a year now, and there's so much I haven't seen still. There's always something new to find. There, there really is. And then your exhibitions, I have to say, your special exhibitions are so magnificent. Um, I have been to several of them, but my favorite one was the Orchid Exhibition. Yes. That one was great because when, when I was in Panama, we had a, a small orchid farm up in El Valle. And I was amazed at the hundreds of different types of orchids that are, there are in the world. There are some orchids that are so small that they look like just you know little 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 bitty 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 flowers, hmm. but they're orchids, and people don't realize that there are just hundreds of species of orchids, and they're not easy to grow either. <laughs> I tell you that they aren't. Now, let's talk about kind of piggybacking off of what Ellie talked about some uh, activities going on, and we'll obviously you know the big Japanese festival that starts tomorrow right. and goes Saturday excuse me Sunday and Monday yes okay well so we'll talk about that in the second uh, half but what are the things that um, like you had you had one or have one going on right now that was the uh, Aurora Flora Borealis Flora Borealis yep that's yes. right and it is still going on uh, it was set to end in August but we actually extended it and it will be open uh, through October now. And what, what do people expect to see when they go to the, that kind of exhibition? Yeah, so it's a nighttime multimedia experience, so it is in the evenings. Um, but it's just lasers and just picture displays and a custom soundscape. And it's just really kind of magical to see the garden that way and to see it at night. Now you have some other, yeah, nighttime is, is a really interesting, also uh, around Christmas times, really fabulous down there. What, uh, what are some other things that are, that are coming up after the uh, Japanese festival that uh, you guys have planned out? So our next uh, big event is the Best of Missouri Market. We have that every October. And it's just all kinds of different artisans and vendors um, come and you can shop and just explore all kinds of cool things to buy. And there's kids' activities and it's fall-themed, so lots of fun things to do. Now, you mentioned the, the kids' activities. Ellie, I was, you know, I know uh, the Missouri Botanical Garden is a great place to go for for kids in field trips and things like that or families to go. Mm -hmm. What kind of activities are available in a, what I would say, a structured uh, or an unstructured way for, for children? Yeah, so the children's garden is a favorite um, for people with kids, and it's just, it's 
got all kinds of fun things for kids to explore. There's a cave. They can climb on things. There's little gardens, splash pads, everything. So that's the informal side. Um, Families love going there. And then we also have lots of classes, um, scout programs, uh, more more formal ways for kids to learn about all kinds of different things. So in those kinds of programs, are, are those like sit-down classroom kinds of things? Are they hands-on kinds of things where they go out into the gardens and see exactly what they're learning? Um, we have some of each, and we have adult education classes too, which are on all kinds of different things, gardening, we have cooking, and so there's just a wide variety of, of classes that kids and adults can participate in. So so they can teach you how to garden, and then you take the fresh food from the garden, and now they teach you how to cook it. Matter of fact, I had some food last night that had some flower petals on it. Really? Where did you eat? It was at a uh, special get-together for... Um, it was over at the, it was over at the Ritz Carlton. Oh, but it was for Lift for Life Academy. It was a oh, uh, yes. a benefit for them. Okay, and a lot of chefs from the area. I think there were like thirty chefs from the area, put some produce out there, put some of their the things that they produce, and one of the items had some flower petals on it. And flowers are used occasionally to not only for color but for right. for flavoring. That's right. Which do you know what flower was on it? I do not. You don't. Okay. Did I you have eat to look it? it up? I ate it. it. Was very good. Okay, that's good. Did it taste like purple or red? <laughs> Green. <laughs> Green. Okay. Good. Good for you. <laughs> so it's these. Funny you say that. I actually made a cake recently that I used edible flowers that I got from our Kemper Center for home gardening, and I decorated the cake with it. And people had a lot of fun just eating the flowers. It's because it's kind of an unusual opportunity, but people liked it, and they taste pretty good. Actually, yeah, they do. They do. That's well, you know, when you really think about, you know, just even in our own yards, there are weeds you know you've got dandelion and we mm-hmm. we make a big effort to to dig them up and toss them away but you know their their leaves are good the flowers are good you can dry them out make you know make make tea and oftentimes we we overlook the natural things that are right there in our own yards because we have not been educated as to how to use them matter of fact there was one ground cover that's growing was growing in our yard and it was it just like takes over and really didn't like it and it was spread and it was a a pain to deal with and with the animals that we have you know uh, we found out there's actually something very edible and very good for you but since we have the animals it probably wouldn't be a uh, a beneficial thing to clean off and then you know, you'd be fighting you know <laughs> <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be sitting out there here he comes he's getting ready to take our food Attack! <laughs> so the these these programs uh who who teaches them uh is it People from around the era are specifically people from the botanical garden. Um, we have a, a lineup of people who are involved. Um, some of them are volunteers. We have a lot of retired teachers who like to volunteer with us, and they'll lead some of those education programs. And it just depends what it is. We look for the person who's the expert in that area. Now, you also have uh, some summer kinds of things that are obviously kind of uh, – working their way down a little bit uh, but the summertime's a big uh, opportunity because things are you know you th- you think now there's things blooming all year round mm-hmm. but in the summertime mostly we see blooms and but you have people on vacation and what are some things that you like to draw people into the botanical gardens over the summertime right it is beautiful any time of the year um there's just something different blooming um but the summer is when you have just a lot 
lot of things in bloom. Um, and then we have a lot of events in the summer, too. Uh, people love the Whitaker Music Festival, those free concerts every Wednesday night. So that's a big one. Um, and people have been coming up for Flora Borealis and just walking around the, the Japanese garden. Um, some Over by the Kemper Center, we have some native plant gardens, which are nice to see. Um, I was just out there yesterday. There's lots of monarchs, butterflies, pollinators. It's just really beautiful. Now, if people want to... Uh, figure out how to design their garden in their yard. I'm thinking more of a flower garden than a vegetable mm-hmm. garden because there's differences there. Is there, can they come to the botanical garden and get some instruction or assistance in, yes. in picking out varietals that they would want to uh, have blooming all year round? Yeah, so the Kemp, the Kemper Center that I mentioned a couple of times, uh, it's our home gardening center, so there's people on hand. We even have a plant doctor in there. Um, you can call or you can go to the desk. So if you're having gardening problems, you can bring in a plant or a leaf from a plant and they can tell you about it or they can give you any kind of advice you're looking for on what to plant, where, how, where to put it. I, I didn't just... realize that that service was available. I would have been there. <laughs> yeah, I've got a line here and it's like they have this plant identification thing where you type in mm-hmm. some things and poof, it shows up. Yeah, see, my like, big thing is I want to know how do I get rid of the squirrel who keeps eating up my green tomatoes without me shooting him with the BB gun? <laughs> okay. Cayenne I'm at, pepper. I'm, I'm at that point with him, okay? Okay. Cayenne he just pepper. comes and eats just a little bit. That's what they do. And then he leaves the rest of it. And, yeah. of course, it's yeah. ruined. But I've even tried putting water, you know, because they said they're after the water. Mm-hmm. So I put a little bowl of water around my yard. They ignore the water and still eat up my green tomatoes. I'm, I'm have just, you thought about one of those owls that turns around? You know what? I have thought about that. Because this one, and I know the squirrel, he's the same one. Every year, I'm, you know, like, come on, dude. It's like Ellie's tomatoes are <laughs> they're they're getting on the vine there. Ready. Yeah, okay. And there they go, and I hear him, and... No matter what I do, no matter where I put it, he seems to get in there and get it. Well, they're they're smarter than the average squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> or the average gardener. <laughs> That's the problem. Smarter than the average gardener. So how many people take advantage of these things that you guys offer, like at the Kemper? Yeah, I, I, it's hard to know how many people you said, but I, there are people who go in there every day to talk with them. And in addition to the actual desk at the garden, you can call or you can email the plant doctor with questions and they can, they can help you out. Now that entry area coming in, is that wasn't there when I was a kid. And I, I, I'm sad to say the last time I had been to the botanical gardens since when I was a child, it was probably 40 years. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah, the visitor center was 1982. Was yeah, it's right. I usually try to go about three or four times a year. Wow, you're good. I, I love the botanical garden. I love plants. Uh, but you know, th- the one thing I noticed this year, this season, more so than any, was the lack of bees. Have mm. other people come in and talk to you about that? No, no? Um, okay. I, I haven't noticed that. Yeah, but... that was a real issue. I mean, the bees were not coming around, and I had all of my zucchini and my and and all of my squash and things like that and for the longest they were just not not budding there i had plenty of blooms yeah but not turning into fruit and it was because there were no bees around well i know you can plant certain different flowers that will attract pollinators um there's a lot of native flowers that are good for that so that's one way to get some bees in your garden yeah i think i'm gonna have to really come down and talk to 
um, the, the plant doctor, find out exactly which ones will work, you know, because I, I garden in a very small area. I garden in a lot of pots, mm-hmm. and then I also have a tower garden. Okay. So, you know, I do need to know what to do, what I can plant that's close to the house, you know, because I'm gardening close to the house, and I don't want to have like 20 bees, you know, right there at my doorstep, of course. Maybe they would help keep the squirrels away. You know what? They might. That might work, huh? Can I dress them up? <laughs> dress the bees up? Yeah. <laughs> dress them up like an, like an owl. Like an owl. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so the, uh, if, if I wanted to do a vegetable garden, as Ellie's talking about, you offer additional advice for that too same yes, kind of we deal can, we can have wow. someone talk with you about that and we also have a home gardening blog it's part of our normal blog that's discoverandshare.org and you can read all kinds of tri- tips on there we just had one about pollinators so ellie might want to check oh, that good. one out yes absolutely absolutely because i was talking to some folks over in shrewsbury and they were saying the same thing but they were telling me that what they did was they actually went out and they rented beehives now, that was the first time I had ever heard that you could go out and rent a beehive to put into your backyard so that you have that, you know, the bees for pollination. I guess at the end of the season, the bees then go back into the hive and you just take the hive back up. I think it's right off of Halls Ferry Road or someplace like that. And you can then return the bees. So I'm going to look into that next season. Also, maybe even just having a beehive in my backyard because I hear from the folks in Shrewsbury that the fresh honey that you that yes. you collect yes. is unbelievable. It's supposed to help your allergies also because it's all local pollen. Yes, exactly. So I may look into doing that next year. So I guess the bees were freelancing themselves <laughs> out. To- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is a freelance hive. This is a freelance hive. You know, it's amazing the things now that uh, how gardening has really become uh, not just a, a hobby, you know, but it is something that people really put a lot of energy into. They spend a lot of money to do it. They put a lot of energy into it. And like myself, you know, actually separate parts of your yard or their yards in order just to have a, a good garden. Well, with the cost of produce going up, with how produce is being uh, grown and the chemicals that are being used you know people like to know exactly a little bit more about uh, how it's how, that's how right. it's being produced and even with water contamination that in itself is another big issue you know if your groundwater is contaminated your vegetables are going to be contaminated as well and since we're importing a lot of things we may not always know exactly what the the water quality is right like you said what is actually being sprayed on it when i lived down in belize and in panama you know i i actually lived near an area where there where there were the banana groves and it was amazing how very very green bananas are when they're being picked and shipped here and you wonder why they don't taste very good it's because they haven't ripened right you know when you're in those countries and you eat bananas they're just like candy like (laughs) and you get up here and you eat a banana and it's just like Oh my gosh, what is this? Well, I love these ones ripened on the vine, you know, oh. tomatoes. Well, they just cut it when it's green. It's still on the <laughs> it's vine. It's still on the vine, that's so, right. You know, so what's the difference? Nothing. That's right, it's, absolutely it's nothing. It's not really ripened on the vine. No, not because if you ripen a tomato, if it passes the squirrel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, the, one, the problem in my yard is they don't get to ripen on the vine because if I leave them long enough, squirrel gets it. So I have to wait for a little while, and just as it gets to a certain size i pick it and then ripen it in my in my um windowsill well that's stinky <laughs> yeah kind of oh well so you have uh I'm, I'm looking here uh sustainable kinds of things you have plastic pot recycling 
We do. Do you talk about composting at all? Because I know St. Louis has a big compost uh, center. We even have some classes on that. Okay. Um, we have the, the Earthways Center is our sustainability branch. So they offer a lot of those kinds of classes on composting and other ways to reduce your carbon footprint and things like that. They've got lots of tips and on how to be green. And in addition to the plant doctor, you can call them with questions about how to just waste less and reduce your carbon footprint and recycle more, all of that. And this is a good community for that as well. Last season we had, um, what was it? We had, you could purchase a plastic composter for $20 and I did. And there were, and then we came and picked them up. I was amazed at the number of people that applied for that, you know, and paid for that. And it was months before we actually got our composter. But the day of, I tell you, everybody was there. And not only that, they were asking, is is it too late for me to get another one? You know, and it's like, yes, there were only so many. So that is a big uh, project here in Webster, uh, or shall I say 63119. The people in this community are very open to sustainability and ways to be able to reduce their carbon footprint. That's wonderful. We love to hear that. Yeah. So there's, um, there's, you know, I'm looking at uh, sustainability, sustainability in action. There's sustainability learning, biodiversity, St. Louis. Uh, this is just, you know, I need to get more involved with the, the botanical gardens and and take advantage of the of the resources that they have because the staff, you know numerous staff down there and people willing to help you out and you know one thing we haven't talked about what does this stuff cost the res- just to get in or to oh. ask somebody about gee what flowers yeah. do i want to put uh, in my garden or the what? plant doctor is just included with your general admission so you and members can get in free but to call or to email that's free anybody's welcome to do that and contact them that way and i tell you ellie a lot of times when uh, amy and i go to activities like this it's less expensive and more beneficial just to become a member yes if you it can is. do that because you almost pay for your entry with the membership yes if you just and you, you have all there. these other resources yeah. available to you and you just come back anytime and come in for free and, exactly. and when you're a member i do believe that you'll take greater advantage of it you know you're thinking about oh let's see what am i going to do on saturday what am i going to do on sunday you've got your membership mm-hmm. and the beauty of the botanical gardens is that you can always go to a different part of it yeah you may just say one day you know what we're going to go to the climatron and we're going to go and have lunch you know or we're going to go to the rose garden and we're going to do this or we're just going to walk around just for exercise the shaw neighborhood too is a magical neighborhood it is. There are so many wonderful restaurants and galleries, and I was just at a um, at a vegan restaurant over in the Shaw District just last weekend. Just lovely place. Um, the food was scrumptious, and when it became noon, I tell you that place was flooded with with locals. You know, people that could just walk from their 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 houses right there, eat healthy. And be back home. It was it was great. It is a wonderful place. This is in tune. You're listening to Arnold Strick and Ellie Wharton, KWRHLP 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. We'll be right back. Yeah, this is you know, I'm just.
to In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton. We have in studio Catherine Martin from the Missouri Botanical Garden. She's the public information officer, and we've been talking about some of the history of the Botanical Garden and many of the things that it offers. And we were talking off air, what a hidden gem, Ellie, in our, our greater community here that I don't think people really, really take advantage of. I know there's some people that really do. Because they're down there all the time. All the time. I tell you. And the place, if you don't get down there early, you might as well just park in your own driveway and walk down. Because <laughs> yeah. Especially on the weekends. It's very, very crowded. And I love the energy of that kind of a crowd. I'm not one, Catherine, I'm not one that really likes crowds. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the crowd at the Botanical Garden, I love being a part of that crowd. Yes. You know, if it's no more than just the, the old man... I always say the old French man walking with his hands behind his back. And you know, in Paris, they really do walk like that. I saw that when I was over there. Mm -hmm. I was just like, they do walk like that. But I love it. And I love to see older couples, younger couples, children enjoying nature, curious. I love the sculptures there, the design. I mean, everything there, I think, has just been so beautifully laid out. And it's such a respect for nature. And it's good to see that there are the programs like the recycling program, the cooking program, the planting and gardening program. Everything that's there, again, is there to help sustain and grow our community. You know, I'm going to make a a leap here on a statement. I'm wondering how many more times, because I'm talking about myself, because people get very busy with a lot of different things. And we've talked about a lot of different museums and places that people can go see in St. Louis. And a lot of it has to deal with interest. But how much more would we participate and take advantage of these opportunities if we disconnected from electronics a little bit more? That, to me, would be very, very important. Because the time that we spend with our families is that kind of time that, you know, for years down the road, you remember that. I know when my husband was in his last stages of life, he and I went and did everything together. I mean, even down to the point of he's going to Walgreens to pick up a prescription. And I'm like, I'm going with you, honey. <laughs> I'm just going down I'm to the Walgreens. I'm just going down to the Walgreens, honey. That's okay. I'm going with you. And you know what? Some of those things that we did in Walgreens, walking around, laughing about stuff, to this day, now that he's passed on, are still great memories. And I can walk through Walgreens and remember him making a comment about some product or something like that, you know, that just stupid stuff. Do you walk down the hall, the hallways, the, the, the aisles of Walgreens with your hands behind your back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the Frenchmen like the French do? Like the Frenchmen do? No, only when I'm in the Botanical Garden. <laughs> So, Catherine, uh, we haven't talked about some other uh, portions of the Botanical Garden, like the Butterfly House and Shaw Nature Reserve. Tell us a little bit about those. Yes. So um, people don't always realize, but those are our sites as well. So the Butterfly House out in Chesterfield and Shaw Nature Reserve and Grace Summit are both wonderful places to visit. Uh, The Butterfly House is wonderful for families with children and in addition to the butterflies and being a pretty place there's lots of other creepy crawly bugs that little kids love to look at and Shaw is just the nature reserve is a beautiful place to take a hike and just really enjoy nature and disconnect a little bit like Ellie was talking about. I noticed yeah. they have some Wednesday walks out there so you can walk with your hands behind your Absolutely. back. Absolutely. I think if people learn to walk with their hands behind their back, it says certain things. First of all, it puts you in a very relaxed position. And it also says that you're walking without fear. 
because you know if you're afraid of your surroundings you're going to walk with your arms and your hands more in a position in case somebody jumps at you or something you're a little more defensive walking with your hands behind your back is contemplative it is restorative and it just basically says you know i trust my surroundings it's definitely not a power walk yeah, it's not a power walk. That is for sure. That is for sure. And, you know, I when I went to the, um, the first time I ever went to a butterfly farm was in the Cayman Islands. And they have a fantastic butterfly farm to the point that when you, when you pay for one day, they give you the second day. If you want to come back the next day, you can come back for free. Wow. And I learned so much about butterflies that people really don't realize that yeah. They are very intricate beings from the they moment are. they are laid on a leaf until you see them it, kind of coming out of that cocoon, fighting to get out of that cocoon. There is so much to learn about every stage of the butterfly's life. And we need them. We need them. We do. What uh, You were mentioning off the air about the science that uh, the <laughs> the botanical garden is, is known for and kind of is a, a worldwide, uh, uh, res- people worldwide respect it what's going a- on here. And people who just go to the garden don't always realize that there is this science side to it, um, where it is a world-renowned institution that people all over the world recognize the name Missouri Botanical Garden from our science and research program. Uh, In recent years, our researchers have gone to nearly 100 countries, so they are really all over the world. Wow. And what do they do in those countries? They study... um, different things all mostly to do with botany we have a lot of um, ethnobotany which is how people use plants so we have a study on that in the himalayas uh, which is also looking at climate change and a study on that um, over on the east coast in the massachusetts area and there's a lot of conservation efforts as well madagascar is where our largest program is and the garden actually runs several protected areas is in charge of those over in madagascar I mean, who to thunk? <laughs> the Frenchman of, who's th- contemplating. That's right. That's right. Who to thunk? I mean, Madagascar. That is amazing. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. The worldwide reach of the it botanical has, garden of, it and, really of is. St. Louis. Yes. See, and Missouri, and that's why. That's why I love the fact that when you started this show, you know, and you came with the idea, it was really to help us learn more about our region. You know, I mean, yes, we could talk about what's going on nationally, but there is so much going on right here in the St. Louis area. One of the things I think we should start is a challenge. You know, all the places that we have talked about, we should make like a guide and people like and, and then create a club. And then the idea would be to go to all the places that we talk about. You know, like where in the world is Arnold? Well, <laughs> he's at the botanical garden. That's right, in the butterfly farm. That's right. <laughs> that's like world, not like a world's. Wa- where's Waldo? No, a little bit better. I, I could I could have one of those cartoons drawn, but my hands would be behind my. Then they have to, and you have to kind of have a little bit of a pouch in your stomach. Oh no 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 no! Yeah, you no, got no, You no, can't no. be flat no, stomach. No, I, 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 I just go ahead and draw the beret. The, the, that's right, the beret. There you go. You know, and the little ha- yeah. and you know the hands and the little shirt and stuff like that. That it's all a look. <laughs> so, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, Catherine, was to talk about the Japanese festival, and this is a huge deal how long has this been going on now this is the 42nd year just a, just a few times the 42nd year yes 1977 was the first japanese festival i had no idea and you know thank goodness for our own sean green 
Oh, what's Sean's name again? He put it up on the board for is M- uh, Midori. Midori, Midori. Okay, that's his name. Sean Midori. Sean Midori. Isn't Midori a woman's name? Well, that was the joke he said. It was, uh, but it it kind of means green somewhat in in Japanese, but it is a girl's name, and so green blue. Yeah, green blue. Because something remember, like green that. and blue, he said, are the same colors. Yeah. In Japan, I'm not quite sure how that works, but but you know what? I do remember years ago I met um, some people. I can't remember where they were from, but the word and the color blue was not even in their vocabulary. I mean, can you imagine that blue? Well, they can't sing the blues. Then. <laughs> they must sing the yellow <laughs> or right. sing the reds. The reds. That's right. All right. So Sean's going to clear this up for us. Okay, Sean, clear clear up the mystery. Midori, of what do you think? Your name. No, okay, he's, Sean, oh, you he's gotta, taking his time. He's I know. putting the Sean, headphones on Sean, you got to turn on the microphone. This is radio. <laughs> I don't know how to do any of this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I noticed. <laughs> it was a long night last night. We had football, and now we have Japanese festival. And just two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago, was National Radio Day. So, we, we this, so, 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 what does this have to do with explaining Midori? <laughs> All right. So, Midori, Midori is a word that comes from uh, the word Midoru. And it means, uh, it means, I think it means like new. So basically, if you think about in, in the Japanese mindset, green is a transition to a, a maturation. To, so it, things that are green are moving to blue. So in Japan, it's funny. when You, you ever watch American Ninja on like Spike Channel? Never. All right. Well, it's a it's it's a it's a game show where they have to do these ninja like events, and the thing that the thing that they're trying to climb is Midori Yama, which I always laugh at because, you know, you wouldn't say a mountain that way. So anyway, it, to say Green Mountain, you would say Aoyama, right? Aoyama. Or, and actually, if it's a mountain, you would say Aosan. You ca- Aosan. Uh, We're getting our Japanese right l- lesson language lesson today, folks. Right. So, it, it, and you need to know all this stuff to get admittance to the botanical garden. <laughs> yes, there is a test. Yeah. Oh no. It's it's both written and uh, and and verbal. Oh, so no, we have to pay in yen. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, but do we have to write no, no, no. in Japanese? That's the thing. Yeah. So if if oh, you if you look if you look at your radio right now, we are showing you the character to write the word green. It. Uh, it this works better on television, but yeah. just try. <laughs> Stare really hard at your microphone. Um, yeah. So the word the, the the word for green is not it's not an adjective. So if you said like a red boat, right? You can say that in Japanese, but you can't say green like Midori um, Boat. Maru, right. You can't. So Midori is is a version of a verb, which means to change. Wait, I thought me- it was... Me- metamorphosis. Yeah, metamorphosis. It's like kind of like butterflies, right? Yeah. So ah. if you were to call something green, you would use the same color blue, which is ao. Do you realize that you have totally confused me, Sean? Okay, <laughs> let's go back yeah, to yeah. Uh, Catherine. Yeah. Um, thank yeah. you, Sean. I, I, you I, go just, back to I just call now. that today. <laughs> Have fun. Press he's the still, button. He's still metamorphosizing. He is metamorphosizing. <laughs> he is changing from green to blue. And back to green again. And back to green again. He has to be green by tonight because he has to cover our sports program. Um, and hopefully, I will say that tonight, whatever happens tonight will be better than what happened last night. Okay. It was not good last night. All right. So the Japanese festival <laughs> <laughs> is tomorrow from ten o'clock to eight p.m. 
Sunday from 10 o'clock to 8 p.m., and Monday on Labor Day from 10 o'clock until 5 p.m. So what is the cost, uh, Catherine, and when people... I, like I've never been before. What should I expect? You what been. should I bring? No, if I'm if I'm coming for the oh, first time, okay, okay. what should I expect? Yeah. Uh, so the cost is fifteen dollars for adults, seven for children, um, and uh, members. Uh, if you're a festival member or above, uh, then it's free, and you can bring up to six adults. So another perk to that membership, um, and seven dollars for re- uh, lower level members, and then free for member children at of all ages so um there's that and then the festival itself has so many activities and performances um there's martial arts we have a ninja this year that you can watch a demonstration from him and you don't need to watch it on the ninja channel or whatever that's spike channel you can see it live yeah we can see it live there you go yeah there's activities for kids origami folding um all kinds of different things for them to enjoy and um, this year, we've expanded our food court. I'm excited about that. Uh, so we have more authentic dishes available and just more options for, for people looking to get something to eat. So music also? Yeah, there's music. Those drums are kind of an iconic part of the festival. You can hear that. Um, all kinds of different musical performances throughout the weekend. And there's a full schedule on our website. Um, so you can see if there's a certain event you want to be sure you're there for. Now, last year I was there for the, is it, I'm going to hope, hopefully say it correctly, the Omagoshi Festival. Yes. Where the drums are taken down and then paraded through the, the, yes. the park. Yeah. I went to that. And actually, our own Sean Green and our own Ken Laster and other members of our staff went down there and actually carried it around. So we're a part of okay. the festival. You are. And yeah. they had the ice carving. Yes, we have that again this year. That was fantastic. Yes. So we have a lot of those old favorites. And then we do have a few new features this year. Uh, the Chintone All-Stars will be here. And Chintone is a type, it's basically pop-up parades. And it's a tradition for advertisement in Japan um, where it's just they dress in colorful clothes and have musical instruments and parade about to advertise something. So there's some organized performances and then pop-up parades throughout the weekend where you can see that. Kind of with the dragon that they, you know. They snake through. Yeah, right. So I'm looking at this guided walking tours of the Japanese garden, bonsai demonstration. Yes. There's the tea house island tours those are exciting um we've talked about parts of the garden you don't get to see a lot so tea house island is normally close to the public but you can do a tour of the island this weekend um all three days so it's really something to see i was just out there this morning and now why beautiful. would that be closed off to the public um it just usually it just is to kind of maintain it uh the tea house there is we uh received it from japan it was built and made in japan and delivered to the garden and reassembled with a ceremony and everything so it's just a really unique place that you can get a rare chance to see at the festival so this sounds like the botanical gardens is the place to be this weekend it, it, it is you know i'm looking at storytellers and it also um speaking of the gardens reach it is the largest japanese festival in the united states wow you know there's another kudo for st louis another one that is a fantastic didn't know that one. i didn't know that either that that's that's, that's crazy. exciting actually a fashion show yes a kimono fashion show 
Wow, this is, this and is unbelievable. And that, that'll be special this year as the woman um, who organized that every year. She passed away in the spring, so it's dedicated to her this year. So oh, it's a wow. special show. Wow. My goodness. So I, much. I, I'm impressed that uh, I've been in... You know, La La Land related to this. And no, just that's kinda... a different. That's a different show, La La Land. Oh yeah, that's yeah, a... yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a whole different show. I, I've been, I've been in a cave, as it relates to the activities and the benefits of the Missouri Botanical Gardens here in St. Louis. I think that if people really understood the value of the botanical gardens, and maybe we don't want that many people to understand. <laughs> Now that I think about it, you know, because then they'll start trampling all over the place. But, you know, that's one of the things I noticed that's very interesting is that you don't have people trampling all over. You know, you would think that with the crowds that they have, that you would have that. And maybe I just don't see it. No, everyone just seems to be very respectful. Yes. Everyone's there to enjoy the garden together. and Yeah, even the very... children, you know, you don't yes. see them grabbing and trying to rip off the leaves or anything like no. that. You know, it's a very respectful place. One of those places that you can walk with your hands behind your back. Now, if you're going to go, you can't get off at Vandeventer. No. You have to right. get off at King's Highway Yes. and take a right and then take a left. Yes. It would be better to... Now, do you all have the shuttle? again this year um i believe we do yes yeah that's that's really the way to go is to park a couple of blocks away yep. they have shuttles and then yes. do the shuttle thing because yeah, you can't get close no you really yeah. can't and if you and the thing is is that you want to know where the shuttle stop is because yes you may walk to it you may park a couple of blocks and say i'm going to walk i'm going to get my exercise but then at the end of the day after you've walked around and it's you've gotten sweaty and <laughs> you're, you're tired, tired and you've got that five-year-old with you that you said, oh, I don't need to bring the stroller. Yeah, guess what? You're getting ready to put that five-year-old on your shoulders you know, on the way back. But it's good to know where the shuttle stops are and to park close by for those who have young children. It's not the beginning. It's the end of the day that could make your life miserable. <laughs> so, Catherine, some closing words about the festival um, that's coming up this weekend and some closing words about the botanical gardens. I, I think you're right in describing the garden as a, a gem in the city. It is really just an oasis where you can go for a peaceful walk. It's different every season, so you can go many times in a year and still enjoy something different every time. And we do have these wonderful festivals. Uh, the Japanese festival is our, our largest festival. There's something for everyone to enjoy, for adults, for kids, families, anyone and we do have festivals throughout the year uh, i think you mentioned the christmas one we have garden glow which is very popular uh we'll have flora Bori alice uh september 6th through october 20th best of missouri festival uh we have spirits in the garden around halloween uh where you can get spirits so you can taste samples from distilleries and enjoy some spooky activities Wait. Wow. <laughs> I thought that we were going to make some of the spirits from some of the plants. Yeah. Well, you, well, know, you know, as you know, you could do that. Yeah. You know, I think you can. I'm, grow some corn. <laughs> that just does no grapes. Grapes. There you go. We grapes. do have uh, grapes in the garden, too, uh, where you can try all kinds of different wines. Enjoy. It's in May, so it's nice weather. It's a year round place to go. It is it really a destination. Is. Um, Catherine. Do you know off the top of your head, what is a membership? What does that cost for um, a family? It depends. Uh, as I said, there are different levels. So the higher up, uh, like the festival level, has a lot of perks because it will get you into those festivals, like the Japanese Festival, Garden Glow. So you can enjoy some of those events. But there are um, lower cost ones as well. 
So what are we talking about? Do you know what those costs um, are? I don't have the numbers off with me, so I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, uh, so I'm, I'm punching this in real quick here. Yeah, see. because, you know, the more I listen to what you're saying, Catherine, the more it seems to make sense to have the family membership. Yes, if you said you're going multiple times a year, you enjoy the festivals, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, the festivals, I think that's where I tend to fall off only because I told you I don't like crowds, right. you know, and but but again, the festivals are so interesting and unique and they are. are worth, you know, kind of breaking out of my shell and, go, and going to. Yes, yeah, they they are worth it. And they're just so much fun. So many things to do and just a different way to experience the garden again. Well, and you can even become a volunteer down there. You, know, you can. And, and we help. have many volunteers. Um, a lot of our docents were celebrating the anniversary, uh, the 40th anniversary of our docent program this year, and m- those are all volunteers. And they they give the tours every day and um, tours of Henry Shaw's house. Those are all volunteers. We we See, love our volunteers. Yes, and that would be um, that would make for an interesting interview, Arnold, to have a docent come and, can definitely and talk about that. We'd that. like We'd to arrange to that. that. Yeah, yes, that would be great. Because I'd love to learn, you know, more about, because the docents learn about, you know, their area of, of, of expertise from a very different level. I mean, they're learning it from ground level up because people have so many questions. They do. And you don't want a docent who, you know, you're asking questions. They go, ah, you know, ah, they didn't cover that in the in the orientation. <laughs> we, we want docents that know what they're talking about. Yes. You know, we'd love to arrange that. Great. I wanted to mention that uh, Botanical Gardens is part of the Zoo Museum District. It is, yes. And so they do receive some benefits from our taxpayer dollars, and which helps reduce the cost for city-county residents. Yes, it is lower for, for city and county residents. So there are, uh, here are some membership levels. $50 for an individual, 70 as a garden senior. Friends and family is uh, $115. There's a variety uh, of membership benefits. We just ask you to go to the website and check that out. This is a great place to go, folks. Please set, take some time out of your schedules. Bring the family. Go take a walk like a Frenchman in the gardens. And That's put your right. hands behind your back. And, and wear your beret. And stick your belly out. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> that visual, you know, just... Yeah, but you no, got you gotta be. You have to be in shape. You have be to be. In shape, Frenchman. Put, put your beret on and... Yeah. And, and enjoy the walk. Enjoy the butterflies. Enjoy... Enjoy the Japanese festival this weekend. Right. And everything that goes there. I think that... Um, you're right. You know, I, I just really never thought about the gym that we have right there in the Shaw neighborhood. And I just appreciate you so much for coming in and reminding us. And I'm sure that there are people in our listening audience that are saying the exact same thing. It's like, wow, the last time I was down there, I need to go again. Well, folks, this is the weekend to go because our own Sean... Midori will be there. <laughs> We're no longer going to call him Sean Green, okay? We're going to call him. So we've all come up with new names. Remember? He, he will be metamorphosizing. Yeah, he, oh, he's, no. Ma- he's, he's Midori. The question is, what is he metamorphosizing into? He's <laughs> metamorphosizing into Admiral Lonnie, Admiral Lonnie Thunder. Admiral Lonnie Thunder. Well, I thought part of it was just maturing. <laughs> That's just an inside joke. <laughs> No, I, uh, that's a that's a no no on the radio, but yeah, uh, I I saw your notes back there. I know who you're making fun of, but that's okay. I'm not gonna mention it. But yeah, the maturing part we that's the questionable part. I just think he's metamorphosizing into maybe, you know, a, a, a 
brighter shade of green. I think that's what it is, but definitely not mature. A, a green with an E. That's right. A green with an E. That's an what it is. E. <laughs> green. Catherine Martin, thank you for coming on the show today. We really thank you appreciate for having it. Me. It's been great to have you here. Happy to do it. And we've loved it. And we do want to get those docents on. We would love to speak, yes. to, speak to the docents I'd as well. I'd be happy to, to find one for you. I'm great. sure they'd love to talk about it. That is great. So, you know, we do have some Japanese festival things happening here also on the show to support, uh, or actually on, on the station, to support what's going on at the Japanese festival. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, the taiko drums will be playing. We've also got some Japanese rock music that will be playing all night and all day. I've heard about that. That is like, if you haven't rocked out to some Japanese rock, you haven't rocked out. Rock out to the taiko drums, <laughs> That's too. That's right, the taiko drums. This is In Tune, Arnold Stricker and Ellie Wharton. You're listening to KWRHLP 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri.